This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, Matt Strapp here welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Before we get started, a quick reminder, as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the show if you can take a moment to do that. Always a big help. Now, as always, as we do at this time of week, getting ready to talk some fantasy basketball waiver wire pickups. Joining me now, Steve Alexander. Steve, what's going on? Well, Matt, I'm coming to you from the historic Johnny B's Beef and Brew in Dahlonega, Georgia. My wife does not have to work tomorrow, Veterans Day and all, and uh, she requested that we come out and watch football, so we're doing this live on tape from Johnny B's. Live on tape, so as we tape this on Sunday evening, getting you ready for the week, uh, Steve is at a restaurant, so if you hear a dish break, anyone out there listening, that is why. I think you and I could probably spend this entire podcast talking about the disaster that we watched uh, with the Falcons today, but... This is an NBA podcast, so we'll, yes. we'll try to refrain. Yeah, we're gonna and we're gonna try to keep this positive. Uh, all right, first things first, Steve. Games played, as you said in your column, in your waiver wire column, a big story this week, including the Warriors playing five times. Steph Curry, of course, out with a groin injury. The news there sounds positive, but regardless, seems like Curry is gonna be out at least part of the week. So is Quinn Cook a must start this week, even if there's a chance Curry is somehow back toward the end of the week at some point? I mean, if I was confident that we'd get three games out of Quinn Cook, I'm good with that. Especially if you've got Reggie Jackson on your roster. The Pistons only play one game this week. So if Quinn Cook's going to give us three starts, I'm good with that. Uh, The other part of this is with Draymond Green's foot also being messed up, uh, the Warriors played five games in seven days. So Steve Kerr's probably going to be kind of careful with those guys. So I think Quinn Cook, uh, Kevon Looney, Jordan Bell, Alfonso McKinney. Uh, those are all guys that are possibilities this week uh, with five games. You mentioned those other guys that I want to, and I actually want to ask you about Looney, Bell, McKinney. How much are you getting too cute with it? Let's say you're in a 10 or 12 team league, and there are good players on the waiver wire. If you pick up Jordan Bell and you, you know, to start him for this five game week in a 10 team league, are you getting too cute with it? Or, or do you think that's a smart play? Uh, it depends. If you've got, let's say you've got Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin on your team, you're going to need to pick up somebody with some games. So, you know, it, it all depends because Draymond Green sounds like he's going to play on Monday. And if he plays all week, then Looney is not going to do much. Bell is going to be very risky. McKinney, same thing. I, I like Quinn Cook more because Curry's injury is a groin injury. And we don't know how much he's going to play. But with Draymond looking likely for Monday, those other guys, I think you're getting a little cute uh, if you're messing with them in a weekly league. I want to get into some point guards because depending on the size of your league, there are right now some exciting players to go pick up or there were pretty recently. So we'll start with Derek White. Flopped in his first game of the season earlier this week. He got benched to start the second half. But he's coming off a big game on Saturday. How high of a priority pickup is he for you with four games this week? Well, I think Derek White is a priority pickup. I think him and 
uh, Shea Gildas, Alexander are the two guys that are going to be the hot pickups this, this week. White had 14 points, four boards, eight dimes, two steals, and a three-pointer in that last game, which he started, and that was a big deal. Um, DeJounte Murray's out for the year. Bryn Forbes is going to share time with White, but White's the guy you want to own right now, and that four-game week is the big deal here because a lot of teams only play three, some play two, and some play one, so four games out of Derek White is a big deal this week. And I think you underscored that point well in your column, Steve. Don't think of this as as you think of the weeks that we've seen before this. Like you said, four games is a bigger factor this week than it has been before. And I want to I want to continue on with the point guards. You mentioned Shea Gilgis Alexander, and you put him kind of right up there at the top with Derek White in terms of priority. If you had to pick between those two, which way are you going, and what is it about Shea Gilgis Alexander that either makes you choose him or not choose him? Uh, I'm going SGA because his numbers have been really good, especially the last two games. He's been fantastic. Um, he played 35 minutes on Thursday, 40 minutes on Saturday. Doc Rivers can't stop talking about his defense and really his overall play. Um, he's only got three games this week, but I kind of like SGA over Derek White. Is there a factor for you, Steve, where Derek White uh, is, is, for better or for worse, a backup plan for the Spurs? Uh, you mentioned DeJounte Murray out for the year, of course. SGA, him starting to get big minutes, this has been the plan all along for the Clippers. Does that make him, in a way, more appealing in fantasy? Uh, it does. And the fact he's starting already for them, I mean, that's that's a big deal. And the way he's looked the last couple games, you know, somebody on Twitter was giving me stuff about SGA. Like, he doesn't hit threes, he doesn't, he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. But, I mean, oh, those last two games, he's done everything. Blocks, steals, threes, points, boards. And he's, he's playing a huge role for that team. So I'm in. Yeah, I mean, the only knock on those last two games really is is three assists in those two games, uh, an average of three assists. But like you said, two blocks, an average of two blocks in those two games, averaging 2.03s in those two games, 17.5 points. So, yeah, there's a lot of excitement here. And we said games played matter this week, but ignore it when it comes to SGA. If he's somehow available in your league, go get him. Yeah, he was, he was 23% owned. Yesterday, he, he was up to 34 this morning. He's probably close to 40 or, or higher now, I'm guessing. And uh, if you sleep on him this week, he's you're probably not going to get him next week. All right. The other name in, in this group, and it sounds like he's a little lower down on the ladder for you, Steve, is Colin Sexton. He's now had two starts. He's scored well in those. Again, just like SGA, 17.5 points per game, shooting well from the field, but just two assists per game as a starter. Is this a point guard who's not really going to give you point guard numbers? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, he's a point guard that's going to play more like a shooting guard, and SGA is starting at shooting guard, so I'm fine with his three assists. He's not even playing point guard. But Colin Sexton is playing point guard. Uh, George Hill's going to be out for another you know, five games probably at least a week, if not two weeks. And Sexton, you know, it's funny, last week we were talking about cutting Sexton because the Cavaliers didn't have any confidence in him and they weren't sure he was really as good as they thought he was. Uh, but now, without George Hill there, Sexton's the guy. The Cavaliers are going nowhere, and they might as well just turn him loose, let him run the offense all year, and let him learn how to play basketball. Yeah, and and look, we have seen a season high in assists so far as five. So, I don't think we realistically expect 2.0 assists per game going forward. He should improve there, but just know, you know, this is not a ready-made uh, elite assist guy to start. But hey, at least good shooting and good scoring and some threes is a decent place to start. 
And I want to keep it in Cleveland here because the Cavs are getting more and more shorthanded, obviously. Jordan Clarkson starting to pick it up in rebounds and assists. However, he is 11 of 33 his last two games from the field. Any concern for you, Steve, that more responsibility for Clarkson is actually potentially a bad thing in fantasy? Um, I don't think so. I mean, Cleveland needs somebody to score. They need somebody to shoot. They have big guys, but they, they don't have any scores on that team. And that's what Jordan Clarkson does. I think he's only going to get better from here on out. Uh, I was kind of excited about him before the season started. George Hill's hurt, as we said. And Clarkson flirted with the triple-double on Wednesday. So um, now on the Clarkson front, they only play two games this week, the Cavaliers do. So he's not a guy you want to pick up and plug right into your lineup. But as far as season long, I think he's going to be one of the guys that has to score for Cleveland the rest of the way. I'm going to put you on the spot on this one. Would you rather have Clarkson or Sexton going forward? Uh, I think I would rather have Sexton. Yeah, I think I'm there, but I don't think it's like 80%, 20%. I think it's relatively close for me, but I do. I think I lean towards Sexton as well, just given that he's a recent high draft pick. Well, and he's he's got upside. We know what Jordan Clarkson's ceiling is. We know what he can do. Uh, we have not scratched the surface with Colin Sexton yet. And I, you know, if I'm given a choice between a guy – with a relatively low ceiling or a guy that I really don't know what his ceiling is and they're they're similar players, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the young guy with the big ceiling every time. Yeah, that's fair. I mean Clarkson's ceiling has definitely improved with George Hill out, but yeah, I, I'm with you on that point. And we're gonna stay in Cleveland as long as we can tolerate it. Uh <laughs> one more player I want to talk about, getting into big man territory here. And this is a snapshot of what things look like for the Cavs. Tristan Thompson scored 22 points the other day, his highest point total in nearly two years. He's now averaging over 10 and 10 on the year points and rebounds. Not blocking shots at the moment, but just in terms of points and boards. Let's start there. Do you think we can rely on Tristan going forward? I know that we can rely on him for rebounds. I did not see the points coming. And over his last three games, he's at almost 14 points a game. So if he's going to double-double every night... I. I love Tristan Thompson. Well, and yeah, and and his his low block total lately, I think you could actually call it an outlier because we've seen him be over one per game or at least close to one per game in the past. Uh, exactly. And the, the only thing is, I don't know if he can keep scoring, especially now that Larry Nance is starting. Larry Nance may eat into Tristan Thompson's touches, and he, Tristan Thompson may not be scoring as much as he has the last few games. But what he's done the last few games is really promising, and with so few centers sitting out there on the waiver wire that are intriguing, Thompson's going to be one of them. All right. Well, if you are looking for some more fantasy hoops action, maybe looking for a fresh start, head on over to draft.com. We're talking daily fantasy basketball snake drafts instead of salary caps. These things take just a few minutes to finish. You can even do auction drafts on there, as you said, Steve. Enter the promo code RW and you can play for free. Again, head over to draft.com. Use the promo code RW. All right. In, oh, go ahead. You got something no, to say? I was just going to say, I love, love the draft. Love me some draft. <laughs> uh, in Atlanta, another big man, rookie big man, Omari Spellman, had two straight double-doubles heading into Sunday night. Now, John Collins, in theory, should be an issue for Spellman at some point, maybe at some point soon. But in my mind, the math is pretty simple in Atlanta. If a first-rounder like Spellman, who's definitely a part of the Hawks' future, is playing well, then he's going to play, whether that's starting or off the bench. How eager would you be to add Omari right now, Steve? You know, I was kind of sleeping on him. Uh, these Hawks are 
These Hawks that you and I get to watch every <laughs> night when we're not watching the Falcons get destroyed by Cleveland, our favorite town right now, uh, you know, they're getting blown out a lot. And that means that guys that might not normally play a lot are playing a lot, like Jeremy Lin and Omari Spellman. Spellman has double-doubled in two straight. He had three blocks against the Knicks on Wednesday. He looks really good, and he's a, he's a big man. I don't know if you got to see him fall into that fan in the front row the other day, but it, it was spectacular, <laughs> man. The beer that he hit exploded in the guy's face. Harry the Hawk was drying the guy's face off of the towel. It was pretty awesome. But uh, Spellman is going to play. And the Hawks, this week, the Hawks get, I don't have it in front of me, but they get like Denver, the Pacers, and somebody else who's pretty good. They're going to get blown out three times in a row this week, which means Spellman's going to be on the floor a lot. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, Steve. The Hawks get the Warriors, Denver, and the Pacers. So, yeah. All on the road. Those all, those all could get ugly very quickly. By the way, Spellman, you said he's looked impressive. Some of those blocks he had, those are not cheapies. Like, one of them he swatted off the backboard. I mean, he, he, is, he is sneaky athletic. Sneaky is the right word because he's a big dog. He's, he's kind of a round guy. He reminds me a little bit of Charles Barkley back in the day uh, when Barkley was still playing. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's sneaky, man. I think it was a good pick for the Hawks. You know, sneaky in a in a different way would maybe describe the the fantasy appeal of Kyle Anderson. He wasn't in your waiver wire column, but I've noticed he's been pretty frustrating for fantasy owners. Maybe has been dropped in some leagues, but he's had a couple nice games in a row. Season high fourteen points in one game, followed by eight points, thirteen boards, a steal, and a block in the next game. He's owned in around fifty five percent of Yahoo leagues. Is he an ad for you if he's out there in shallow league or potentially a trade target? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's Period. not. Uh, I, I was not in on the Kyle Anderson bandwagon to start with. So I was not shocked that he got off to a really slow start this season. So slow, in fact, that I know he's been dropped in a ton of leagues in the past, you know, 10 days. Uh, yeah, he's played well in the last game or two, but I just, I don't trust it to last. I don't love Memphis, but, you know, prove me wrong. Come out, do it again for three more games in a row, and then then I'll put him in next week's waiver wide column. But right now, I'm not really feeling Kyle Anderson. Okay, okay, sounds like a plan. Uh, this guy did make the cut for your column, Willie Hernan Gomez. Seen some signs of life from him in the last week or so. A couple double-digit scoring games, blocking some shots, hitting some threes. The minutes still limited, and I don't think we can necessarily rely on the minutes. But is there something to get excited about here, potentially? You know, the center's in Charlotte are not very good. And I don't know how long it's going to take them to figure out that Cody Zeller is probably not the answer. I don't know that Willie is the answer either. He's only 8% owned, but man, over the past, uh, like three games, I think he's at nine points, six, six and a half boards, 1.4 blocks. He's hitting threes, shooting it really well. And he's only playing 17 minutes a night. If he can get those minutes up 22, 23, 25, then he's going to start really putting up some decent numbers. And if you've got Boban uh, on your roster and you want to take a flyer on Willie, it's the perfect time to do it. Yeah, and it's the same thing. I mean, Mike Gallagher was saying this on the podcast at the beginning of the season, but the minutes weren't there consistently for Willie. They're creeping up a little bit, still a little bit all over the place, but some signs of life in a deeper league. And keeping it in the deeper league universe here, you mentioned Jeff Green in your waiver wired column. 14 or more points in three of his last four games. 
I think we both agree this probably isn't really a shallow league option, but do deep league owners have something to be excited about here? I'm not sure I would use the word excited <laughs> in uh, association with Jeff Green. I know, I know. But, I mean, dude, he had 19 points, 10 boards, two threes on Saturday. He had 14 points, three boards, two assists, I think the two threes on Friday. Um, he scored in double figures in three of his last four. Markeith Morris is not getting it done. He was in foul trouble last game. His minutes are, are not anything to write home about. So they've used to use green to pick up Morris's slack, and so far it's paying off. I mean, here's, for me, the thing you could hang your hat on with Jeff Green is 0.7 blocks per game. I mean, that in a, in a deeper league, there's a universe where that might be really helpful. But, yeah, there, it's it's right. Excited is not, is not necessarily the word. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, they play four times this week, and, again, that's a lot of games for this weird week that we're in. So roll them out there. Roll them out there. All right, Steve, uh, we're going to add on a new portion to this weekly podcast that we do on waiver wire i had a, a listener on twitter ask me to recommend some players to potentially drop now obviously this differs from team to team and league to league but i'm going to throw a few names at you and you tell me if the player is potentially droppable are you ready for this let's go okay i'm going to start with one i i'm sure i know the answer but i think this is a name who's coming up for people and they're looking at him and they're getting frustrated nemanja bielitsa <laughs> well he's in the column as well. So he's, he's, he's very appropriate. Uh, he's still like 60% owned. His last four games have been hot garbage, like bad. <laughs> like he can't shoot right now. You know, he's still getting some steals and blocks, thank goodness. But he's really cooled off for the Kings. He went from doing everything every night to doing almost nothing every night. So his last four games have been terrible. But I'm giving him three more games. Kings played three times this week. If he... Gets it turned around this week. I'm all in. I'm staying with him. I'm so happy I own him. Uh, if these three games, if two of them don't go well, I am jumping ship. Yeah, for me, I would probably take a similar approach. And the big thing here is whoever you pick up off waivers, they don't have, most of those guys do not have the upside of B elites if things are going well. So you owe it to yourself to wait it out. Just forget about him for a minute if you have to. Bench him so you're not frustrated. But yeah, well, I mean. And the, the thing about him, dude, is he. If he's on fire and he's doing well, he can win your week for you by himself. Like the the first two weeks of the season, he was doing so much of everything that he was he was almost carrying teams. You know, not carrying them in the sense that Kevin Durant or Steph Curry does, but like for a guy that you weren't counting on much from, he was pushing teams over the top. And it's hard to get on the waiver wire and find somebody with that potential. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he was a top twenty five player for a stretch there and it's very easy to forget after a few games when you're frustrated but yeah don't lose sight of how valuable he was and and how valuable he could be again if he gets hot all right kelly Ubre jr single digit scoring in three of his last four doesn't do a ton outside of points and threes does get some defensive stats occasionally i think you can see which direction i'm steering you steve do you think he's droppable (laughs) yes yeah he he is uh he's one of those guys where you pick him up you hope he goes on a hot hot streak and then as soon as that hot streak dies and you've got SGA or Colin Sexton or Derek White or whoever else sitting out there, that's the perfect guy that you want to have on your roster so that you don't feel bad about cutting someone. 
Right. And again, maybe maybe Ubre during this four game week for the Wizards is someone you want to consider, but don't think of him as a long term solution just because he's got some name recognition. All right, here's an interesting case for me, and I don't know if it's interesting for you. PJ Tucker playing a ton of minutes. You know, he had that seven steal game earlier in the year. He's had some kind of low end dynamic stat lines, but maybe cooling off a bit. Is he a hold or do you think you can drop him for a hot free agent? I am not a PJ Tucker guy. I don't own him anywhere. I haven't been excited about him. Um, he's in Houston, and Carmelo Anthony, it sounds like, is on his way out of Houston. Sounds like that ship has sailed and that they are done. So that that's going to help PJ Tucker. And I like his ability to contribute in a lot of different stat categories, but I struggle with guys that score like five points a game, and that's that's sort of who he is. So. I think if you want to drop P.J. Tucker to pick up somebody who you think is going to help you this week, then I'm good with that. Yeah, P.J. Tucker is kind of, in some ways, a mirage because in nine-category leagues, he's he's got this relatively high value because he never turns it over. Um, he doesn't shoot enough to really hurt your percentages, and you know he gets threes and steals. So he's, he's like a top 70 value because he never turns it over. But again, I'm with you. I understand getting frustrated with the lack of volume. Because I have PJ Tucker in, in you know a twelve team league and I'm right on the fence with him. Uh, Justice Winslow has done some exciting things lately. Not shooting well, not hitting big value every night. Is he a hold for you, or would you drop him for some of these guys we've been talking about? He's the guy I drop. Period. Hard <laughs> stop. Hard stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't I I don't have his stats in front of me again. I'm in I'm in the the incredible Johnny B's and Delonica with a weak internet connection. So I don't have the justice Winslow info in front of me, but he's a guy like, I don't want to look at my roster and see my worst player being Tari and Prince and have to decide if I want to cut Tari and Prince to pick up somebody who's going to get me an extra game or two for a week. It's not something I'd recommend, but I know people are thinking about it because I got a text right before we did this from one of my best buddies who wants to cut Tari and Prince to pick up SGA. And I was like, dude, I can't do it. If you want to do it, feel free, but I can't do it. So so I want to have a guy like Ubre or Winslow on my roster so that when I want to make a move, I can do it without feeling like a like an idiot, I guess. <laughs> God, that's an interesting one. You mentioned Torian Prince. I mean, I, I don't want to go on too far of a tangent here, but he's a frustrating character right now, honestly, in real life and in fantasy. If you look at the first part of his stat line, points rebounds assists threes steals that's all good but he's shooting under 40 percent turning it over almost three and a half times a game that that's rough in nine category leagues it's very rough and i and i don't know if trey young's turnovers are rubbing off on torian prince i don't know if torian prince is transforming into tayshaun prince i'm not sure what's going on but uh he's super frustrating to own but when i look at a guy like prince i look at the upside i look at how good we know he can be and he's going through a bad stretch. I mean, maybe he's just in a in a poor cycle. He's in a funk, and hopefully he breaks out of it sooner than later. Yeah, I, it, to me, it looks like trying to do too much on a bad team. You know what I mean? With Prince. Well, he doesn't. I mean, the Hawks are bad, and it, it's hard for Trey Young to not turn it over seven times a game. It's going to be hard for Torian Prince to do his thing without Johnny Collins out there. I mean, there's just all kinds of issues right now with that team. You raise a good point, and I and I'm we're not gonna like we didn't stay in Cleveland too long. We're not gonna stay with the Hawks much longer. But that is a good point. Collins could be an actual stabilizing factor for for several of these guys once he comes back. Oh, for sure. And by the way, quickly backtracking to Justice Winslow, his numbers so far in November five games around twelve points, five boards, five assists, 
a steal and a three. That's the good news. The bad news, shooting 36.5% on nearly 13 attempts per game and has bricked a few free throws as well. So that's the downside with Winslow if you're considering dropping him. Uh, last name I want to ask you about whether you'd consider dropping him, and I think I know the answer already. Kevin Knox owned in nearly 30% of Yahoo Leagues. Do we need to keep him around given the crowded Knicks rotation? Dude, I really thought that Kevin Knox was going to be great this year. I was excited about him. I thought he was going to compete for Rookie of the Year. Then he got hurt. And then Alonzo Trier happened. Damian Dotson happened. Mario Hezonia's there. Like, there's so much going on in New York. They're a really bad team, too. I just, I'm, I've lost all excitement about Kevin Knox. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, look, he did have... You know, in the loss to Toronto over the weekend, he did have 12 points, a block, and a couple of threes, but it came with bad shooting. I, I'm with you. I, I think there's a lot more excitement out there. The guy's 19. It could get good one day, but it could be a while before it does. And other guys, Marquise Morris, Marcus Morris, Boban, you know, all those guys, if I've got them on my roster and I can pick up somebody who's going to guarantee me to play four decent games this week, then I, I'm, I really don't have a problem with it. Yeah, and or or if you have a SGA sitting out there, who to me is kind of the the number one priority, if that's an option. Yep. Uh, all right, Steve. Well, uh, we seem to make it through without anything breaking. Uh, nothing too drastic happened in the background there at the restaurant, as far as I could tell. Didn't have any babies screaming. There were a couple of couple group meetings up up at the register uh, in the room I'm in that may have caused a slight disturbance in the force, but I, I think we made it through it. I, I think, think we, we did. I think we did. And uh, everyone out there, make sure to check out Steve's waiver wire column on rotoworld.com as you're getting ready to set your lines for this week. As always, check out the Roto World Player News page for updates on injuries, etc. Steve, thank you as always for doing this. I look forward to the next one. All right, man. We'll see you next week. All right. Sounds good, man. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.